Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that um, in your infinite wisdom, Lord, you knew we needed a king uh, that would step in uh, to time and space and uh, would would offer the greatest gift uh, of his own life for our salvation. I thank you, God, for that. I thank you that, Lord, we can look forward to the hope of knowing that one day uh, you're, uh, you're going to return. Lord, when you return, you'll call your church home. You'll, you'll gather your bride around you. And, and, Lord, forever we will be with you. Father, I thank you for the hope that that brings. And Lord, as we celebrate Christmas this year, I pray that, um, that we will celebrate uh, not just the baby in a manger, but we'll celebrate the King of Kings and Lord of Lords as, uh, as you rule in our hearts and our homes. Father, we, um, we, just, we praise you today. We praise you for who you are and your, your great plan uh, to redeem and rescue us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now, y'all didn't think you were getting away with a, without a sermon, right? Uh, I mean, look, I, I had a three-part sermon series I, was, I started two weeks ago, and then I got sick and couldn't preach last week, so you get it all in one shot today. I know, that just scared everybody in here, right? Look, Miss Pat, I need you to do something for me. Every once in a while, I need you to shake him really good. Because if he goes to sleep and naps while I'm preaching, that's a bad testimony to everybody here. But it also means, it also means I don't get a nap later. Wake up, boy. All right. Ooh. This, uh, this being mom and dad thing needs a break. Uh, uh, turn with me. This morning to John chapter 1. I'm just kidding. I, I, if it weren't for Allie and Savannah, I don't know what I'd do this week. I'd look like Rusty. Um, or pork chop. Probably more like pork chop. Um, John chapter 1, as we think about the incarnation, when God became a man. I've got all these notes, and I want to try and condense the three things. I want to tell you who, I want to tell you why, and I want to tell you how. Who, why, and how. As we think about uh, when God became a man. Let's read John chapter 1, 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me. Is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, 
but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. The Incarnation, when God became a man. If I were to give you a biblical truth, this, this is it. At the birth of Jesus, God stepped into His creation to rescue mankind, trapped in darkness, and to adopt into His family all who by faith receive His incredible gift. Now, that's a huge biblical truth. Let me unpack that as quickly and, and, and as best as I can. The first thing, this is the message I gave you two weeks ago, the person of the Incarnation. That is the who. When you, when you look at this, this Word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. I told you a couple of weeks ago that, um, <coughs> excuse me, that, that this is a reference, the Word is Jesus. That, that the one expression, the one statement the Lord God Almighty would make to, to mankind, to make to you and me, if He could say one thing, it would be wrapped up in Jesus. And so, so this is God's communication to us, the living Word of God. I told you that He is eternal, that He was in the beginning, that He is unified with the Father. He was face-to-face with God, and that He is he is very God. When you look at the Lord Jesus Christ, notice that, that He is God. Okay? He is God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and God, in the Greek language, it literally says, and God was the Word. That is that when we look at Jesus Christ, we are looking at God in the flesh. He comes as this, this authoritative Creator who, who has authority over all that He has created, and life-giving Savior. He has come to give life to His creation, just as He did when He breathed the breath of life into the nostrils of Adam. He breathed new life into all of those who believe. That is the who, Jesus Christ. This babe, born in the born not in the manger. Mary wasn't in the manger when, he, when she gave birth, okay? <clears throat> this baby was born, wrapped in swaddling clothes, placed in a manger, uh, is born uh, as the, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. He is the who of Christmas. Why? Why did He come? Why did He come? If I were to give you the purpose of the Incarnation, I would have to say uh, that Jesus, the living Word of God, has come to give new birth into God's family to all who receive His gift by faith. In, in the verses here, in verses 6 through 8, you have this interlude, this introduction of John the Baptist, the forerunner. He comes, he, he's making a pronouncement uh, that the Messiah has come, the light has come into the world, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Well, then we, we, get, we see this light. The light comes. What does light do? Light dispels the darkness. Light exposes what's going on in the dark. Here into this society that's very dark in this time. Yes, it was very religious with, with multiple pagan religions. One, um, one religion uh, of Israel that though it was, it was consistent in its practice, it was very dark at heart because they weren't walking by faith. They were living by the law of the Lord. Very dark, very bitter, very legalistic like some of us today uh, in, in our religious practices. Very, very lifeless. And into that light, into that, in, into that darkness, God sends forth a light. Why did He do that? To expose the darkness. Look, when light exposes the darkness, um, all of a sudden you can see what's wrong. 
Okay? So God doesn't expose the darkness just to say, look, what's wrong. He sends light to show what's right. To, to give hope into that darkness. The Scripture says that when Jesus came into the world, uh, that the world did not know Him. That is ignorance. There was an ignorance in the world. They, they thought that the Creator was just another man. They thought that He was just a, a good teacher, a good moral man. They didn't realize the depths of who He was. But not only does it say that He came to the world and the world didn't recognize Him, the Scripture says that when He came to His own, that is the Jewish people, they didn't receive Him. They, they, he was cast out. He was rejected by them. And in that rejection, that's just absolute, that is willful disobedience. That is willful um, rejection. Okay? They have everything they need to know where the Messiah was to be born, to know all these details about the Messiah, and yet even in the face of the prophecy. You remember when the wise men came to King Herod, he summoned the scribes and Pharisees and says, where was this child to be born? They said, Bethlehem of Judea. And the wise men went to Bethlehem and they found Jesus. Not at the manger. Two years later, about two years later, they found Jesus in a home. Well, you know, let, me, let me just point this out to you. The wise men, the pagans, could find Jesus, but the knuckleheads, religious people, couldn't figure it out. They had all they needed to know, but they couldn't find the Messiah because their hearts refused to believe. Let me just stop there and make a point. If you don't want to believe, you won't believe. You can come face to face with the truth, but if you don't want to believe, you don't want to repent of your sin and turn to Jesus, you don't want to have new life, you want to just keep going in the same old thing you've gone in for for years and years and years, guess where you'll stay? It's only when under when when the light exposes the darkness and you see Him for who He truly is, can you turn to Christ? That's why He came. That's the why. You look at verse twelve. Oh, He gives this. He came into the world, but they they didn't know Him. He came to His own, and and they refused Him. They didn't receive Him. But but is an incredible word, and and. John, or in Scripture, but as many as received Him, to them gave He the right to become the children of God. You understand this. The very heart of God in the incarnation, the very heart of God in the Christmas story is this, that the Lord God Almighty wants you. And He wants me. And He wants mankind to believe and receive and to become a part of the family of God. That's the very heart of the Incarnation. Why? But as many as received Him. To those who believe on His name, He gave the right to become the children of God. Who were born, not of the will of flesh, not, not, of, the will, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. What is, what is He saying here? This new birth, this, this reception, by the way, notice um, before a person becomes a child of God, they must receive Christ by faith. <coughs> As society says, we're all God's children. Y'all ever heard that? How many of you have said it? I don't want you to raise your hand. Listen to me this morning. We are all part of God's creation. But we are not all God's children. Scripture says that before a person becomes a child of God, 
He must, by faith, receive the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Then he is adopted. He or she is adopted into the family of God. Now, look, look, he makes this point. Why did Jesus come? He came to adopt us into his family, to make us part of his own. But notice, <coughs> excuse me, it is not by blood. You know what he means there? You know what it means? There's not a person in this room that's a Christian because mama and daddy were Christians. We, we are born in what we call a Christian nation. Over 80% of the people in the United States of America, that's probably lower than that now, but, but, but an overwhelming majority of people in the United States declare themselves to be Christians. Folks, listen, you're not a Christian because you were born in the United States of America. You're not a Christian if you're patriotic. You're not a Christian if your mom and daddy went to church every Sunday and you, were, you went to church nine months before you were born. It's not about blood. It's not about heritage. It's about a personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's never a point in time in your life where you have repented of your sins and believed the gospel and trusted Christ as your Savior. And folks, you're lost without it. You won't ride Mama's coattail into heaven. It's a personal faith that you have. Not by the blood, nor by the will of man, nor by the will of the flesh. What, what, do, you, what do you mean there? Listen, it's not at your discretion. It's not, hey, let me live it up and just enjoy life all I want to. And one day, I'll come to the place where I'm tired of, of, of sowing my wild oats and I'm tired of doing this and I'm tired of doing that. One day, <clears throat> one day, preacher, I'll trust God. Folks, listen, it's not at your discretion. And that one day may never come for you. That's why it's important when you hear the Spirit of the Lord knocking on your heart's door. Now is the time. Now is the day of salvation. Not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The only one who affects salvation in our life is the Lord Jesus Christ. When we by faith repent of sins, believe the gospel, we are washed in the blood of the Lamb, we are forgiven, we are set free. Our chains are gone. Why? Because the heart of God and the heart of the gospel is that God wants Hear me? God wants you to receive the gift of salvation and be adopted into His family. I told you there's three things, three things, right? How? How does He do that? Verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. And truth. How? That is the presentation of the incarnation. That the Lord Jesus Christ, the living Word of God, has come to present God to men in Himself so that all might believe and be saved. You hear that? God has presented Himself to men. Every other religion in the world is about us presenting ourselves to God. Hoping that we will we will be good enough, hoping that we will have done enough, hoping that we can earn God's favor and that, that we have done enough good to tilt the scale. But hear me this morning. It is not about you presenting yourself to God. It is the gospel is this, that
that God Almighty has presented Himself to us in Jesus. How is it that we are adopted in the family of God? The Word became flesh. That is, the Word made a choice. The Word made a choice to put on flesh and dwell among us. Y'all remember Superman? I remember how when Superman got that call for help, he went into the phone booth. Went in the phone booth wearing a trench coat, came out wearing tights. Woo! Good Lord. And a cape. He's going to fly all over the world. He's going to defeat this enemy. He's going to rescue everyone. Well, God's not Superman. I mean, Jesus isn't Superman. <clears throat> Jesus didn't step into a phone booth and come out in a cape and tights. Jesus stepped into history as a babe born and placed in a manger to redeem mankind. Not as Superman. Not as any other man but as the God-man, God made flesh. It's a willful choice He made to redeem us. God came to live just like you and me so that He could present us to, to Himself as the great high priest. That Hebrews chapter 4, I want to read this, this little passage to you. Hebrews chapter 4. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, verse 14 to 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What is it that, what is so special about Christ coming in the flesh? He comes in the flesh. He comes and He is the God-man to live among us to experience life as we have experienced it, to do so perfectly without sin in order that He could lay His life down as the perfect sacrifice, the spotless Lamb of God. And when He does so, He pays the penalty for our sin to give us life, to give us and this morning, as you see this demonstration of the children, as we sing these Christmas carols, <laughs> as we hear this Christmas story, hear that God Almighty has come to this earth to redeem and rescue you from the darkness of this earth. You can't trust your good works. You can't trust your good church attendance. You can't trust how much money you give into the offering plate. You can't trust that mama and daddy were good people. The only way you can know the Lord Jesus, the only way you gain entrance into the family of God and the kingdom of heaven is by grace through faith when you humble yourself, acknowledge and repent of your sins, and believe the gospel. Listen, lost person here this morning, would you be saved today? Would you stop trusting in you? Stop worrying about all that, that you have to do? Would you just acknowledge, God, I can't do this. I cannot save myself. I'm at my wit's end. I'm at the end of the rope. And what I need this morning is you. Would you turn away from your sin and turn to Jesus? the very reason He came. 
very reason he laid his life down was so that you can be saved. Christian, hear me this morning. Our celebration of Christmas is a celebration of the greatest gift God's ever given to mankind. Life through His Son. And when we begin to understand the gift of the Incarnation, the gift of Christmas, then our celebration takes a whole new meaning. Our celebration reflects the light of Christ, not the light of Santa Claus or the Christmas tree. Our light must shine Jesus to the world around us. And it's only when we rejoice in the incarnation that people begin to see Jesus in us. Would you return to the joy of the Lord in Jesus? Would you return to the praise of the Lamb, the living Word that redeemed you from darkness and has given you life? Father, I thank You for the Incarnation. I thank You, Lord, that today in this room there are people that have heard the Gospel fresh today. They may have heard it all their lives and today it may, Lord, You, Your Spirit may strike a chord in them that they need to be saved. Father, we've prayed for souls in Peru this morning. God, I pray for souls right now that the lost person in this room would believe and receive You as Lord and Savior. Receiving the greatest Christmas gift ever. Father, I pray for the believers in this room that as they celebrate Christmas this year and the incarnation of Christ, that they dare not forget to give the greatest gift of the gospel to their friends and family. That more than celebrating a birthday party, they can celebrate new birth in Christ. And I pray, Lord, that our celebrations this year would beam high the good news of Jesus. Lord, in this time of invitation, as the lost are saved and Christians rejoice, I pray that we would be able to worship. We would continue to worship because of who You are and all that You've done. God, move in our midst. Continue to move in Jesus' name.